Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a sure winner. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace. And it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the all brace and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. Hey guys, what's up? This is Ryan with torsion talk podcast and uh today we've been doing a little bit unique going outside the industry but this particular guest today not only is outside the industry but was inside the industry has a different perspective i wanted to chat with him about how things are going in the commercial construction industry uh and his past in the door industry and how he got where he's at today al how are you today doing great doing great good in St. Louis, the weather's wonderful. It's about 50 degrees, nice and bright and shiny and crisp. It's a good fall day. Beautiful. All right. Um, I've, I've been told by people who live by you that your barbecue is the best, and there's an ongoing argument. I don't believe that to be true, but what do you say? You know, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's a big competition now between St. Louis and Kansas City. Because Kansas City's really been known as a barbecue place, right? Yep. Uh, St. Louis in the last, let's say, 10 years really has stepped it up. When I was a younger guy growing up, there was a few barbecue places, maybe four or five, right? Now, my gosh, there, there's 20, there's 25. And they all got their own take on it. So uh, St. Louis barbecue is really, really good. Uh, okay. And there's different types. Well, we have a lot of Texas barbecue places here in Georgia for whatever reason. I'm not yeah. quite sure, but I've never passed a St. Louis barbecue place before or, or a Kansas City barbecue place in Georgia. So That's maybe because Texas barbecue is the best barbecue. Ah, uh, she speaks. <laughs> you know, I will tell you this. We're close enough to a lot of other areas that we we use their their models, right? It could be the the Kansas City because it's more of a sweet you know flavor stuff uh we're close to Memphis so we get the dry right we get the dry rub so we get that we get a little bit of everything here and uh Carolina you know there's people here that specialize in Carolina oh, yeah, we get Carolina barbecue sauces here so, uh, you know it, there's enough places here that you can get all kind of different barbecue. yeah all right well let's let's get down to it Al you work for Keeley uh construction right yep. now but yep. you were with martin door for a long time right i was with martin door uh before that i was with the uh, overhead door of st louis that's where okay. i started in the door business so i was in the door industry for about 19 years uh, as a sales guy and a sales manager nice 
so they say once a door guy, always a door guy. So uh, very curious how you got out of the door game and you stayed out. That's very rare. You know, it's it, interesting. Uh, two things. First of all, to your point, I still drive up and down neighborhoods and I look at the garage door. <laughs> it's what we do. People think yeah. we're sick, but we look at garage doors. So I still do. Uh, I still get calls once in a while. They, they have waned over the last 15, 16 years. Hey, my garage door opener is not working. And it's like, yeah, what's it doing? It's going off a foot and goes back down. You draw it in your garage. You got a broken spring. No, I don't. Yeah, you did. Look up. See that spring too? Yeah. Broken spring. Yeah. Okay. But I still get that. Um, you know, I uh, my, my, my story is pretty simple. I sold two garage doors and two garage door openers and a keypad, which back then those keypads are pretty cool, to one Julie Keeley, right? Um, and I'm talking to Julie, we sold it, it's done, you know, I'm sitting there talking uh, to her about her kids. And we're just talking about her, her kids, my kids, and in walks Rusty Keeley. And the key to this story is, this is before iPhones were invented, all right? It's truly a key. Because he was getting off of a plane coming from Jacksonville, Florida, and he came home just to get his emails because he didn't have an iPhone type, didn't have a hmm. Blackberry type. So he came in and was just getting his emails for about five or 10 minutes. I met him. Hey, how you doing? Real good. That was it. And uh, as the story goes, later he, he tells Julie, hey, uh, I want that guy's card. And she says, well, why? He goes, I think I want to hire him. She goes, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, John Christian, who's been working there for 15 years, is getting ready to retire, and I need a new director of business development. And I just like the way he talked to you, right? I like the way he talked to you. Listen to him about his kids and your kids, and he had a lot of respect for you. And and uh, you know, I think he fits our culture. And that's how it started, right? So I got an email from him, interviewed a couple of times, and a few months later, we're doing the deal, and I'm I'm Keeley. That's how it so is. I've got a question about that. Did he buy from you before he hired you or did you lose the sale and then he hired you? Not only do I have the sale, <laughs> I have a, I have a copy of the contract on, on my computer, right? Nice. My computer. It's like it's a little, way. it's Julie Keeley holding it up and taking a picture of it. So her thumb is in it. So I can see her thumb. That's funny. It. She was going through some old stuff and said, Hey, I just came across this the other day, you know, and she sent it to me this several years ago. And I still keep it today. So we were in a meeting, a strategic planning meeting several months ago, and I said, Oh, yeah, here's how you get a job, right? And I had it in my PowerPoint. Right? I had it in my PowerPoint. And Rusty says, I didn't know you still had it. I said, Yeah, he says, Can you send that to me? I said, Sure. So I sent it to him. Anyway, so that's, yeah, so that's, I did make a sale. That's pretty awesome. Well, good job. I was going to say, if you lost the sale and he yeah. hired you, that, you that would be, yeah. you got to hurry up and sign Mr. Keeley so I can get this job going because I'm not leaving until you get these doors. Well, Ryan, that was part of the key, which was, I knew I didn't need him to close the deal. <laughs> yeah. You I had the decision maker. Household, and I knew who the decision maker was real quick. That's right? great. So didn't need him at all. So Keeley Construction is, is a private company, right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys look pretty big. So, you know, there's the Keeley companies. Uh -huh. This is all owned by Rusty Keeley. 
Inside the Keeley company is a Keeley Restoration. We have a restoration company. Keeley Properties, which is a development company. And then Keeley Construction, that's who I work for. Okay. So Keeley Construction Group will be about 500 million this year, right? So we're pretty good size. We're, we're, we're starting to be that mid-major and above, meaning this. Yeah. You know, there's guys out there who do 5 billion a year. We're not that big, but we compete against them on certain given jobs yeah and uh but there's and then we're the mid guys right so we're the guy that can can still do a hundred million dollar project or be a partner on a 400 million dollar uh stadium that we just built right we just built yeah. the MLS stadium in st louis uh, with other partners so we can still do that but we can still do the regular smaller jobs and grind away and do work orders and stuff like that too so we're, we're, okay. we're pretty nimble Cool. Your microphone, I think it might be a little bit too far away from your mouth. I'm not sure, but it's going in and out a little bit. Um, On the, uh, on the commercial side, you know, this is kind of like um, our bread and butter season for door companies for commercial. Uh, The last two years, I found a trend. Q4 is 50% of our annual revenue which was, I found very interesting because it's only a quarter of the year right. in time. Um, so, you know, I kind of credit that from people trying to spend their budget that they've been dragging their feet on, you know, things like that, trying to get everything updated by the, by the end of the year. And, and a lot of times um, businesses lose the budget they don't spend because most financial analysts will base the future year off of the previous spend um, to get, get a, a scale of it. So it's, it's in the department's best interest, the maintenance department or whatever departments in, in control of, you know, safety and door and whatever else to utilize that money, um, before the end of the year. And I think everybody's kind of like, Oh crap, if I don't spend this now, uh, I might lose it next year. So, uh, is that, is that the reason why Q4 is so good for commercial real estate and, uh, the industrial and everything else, uh, doors, or is there other reasons you think? You know, uh, I think you hit it pretty well. I think we deal with a lot of customers that have a large budget and they, they don't want to overdo their budget. So they sort of rat hole that money, you know, until the end. And then we have several customers that just that fourth quarter, they're just feeding us, right? They're, 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 they just have these smaller projects um, and they just hand it to us and go, right? Because we're there. Now, some of them, you know, will have a, an MSA, so it's easy to do, right? And they just go from there. So, yeah, we had that same situation as you're talking about. Um, also, you know, some of our business is small. Well, about 25 to 30% of our business is still seasonal because we do paving and we, we do commercial paving. So it means we do parking lots. Uh, and we got to button it all up real quick at the end before the before the weather gets bad, right? Yeah. Because you can only pave when it's like, people will tell you either 40 and rising or 50 degrees or whatever, but it has to be good weather, right? right. So you got to hurry up and get it done at the end of the year, right? So you're making a huge push right now. Yeah, we're making a huge push right now. Um, so that happens as well. The larger projects, they just don't, right? They just keep on going. Um, we do have weather that, you know, will we'll prohibit some of that work, but that just keeps going. But those smaller hits, those smaller projects, oh, yeah, uh, to your point, 
and I don't know if it's half our income in the in the last 90 days or probably the third that we do right at the end, man. We we race to the finish. Yeah. So um we're experiencing a lot of situations where it's like go, 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 rush, let's get it in. And then we get the doors in, and then all of a sudden they're like, We're not ready yet. And we may not be for like six months. And we're like, wait a minute. How, you guys are just giving us a hard time. We called the manufacturer, rushed it, got it here. And now you're telling us it could be six more months. Like there's been so much volatility um, with commercial building. Like how have you guys navigated that? Um, and and kind of like, is there, is it getting better in that regard? You know, well, that's a it's a great question, and there's a little little bit of layering to that question, right? So there's the ongoing, you know, supply chain issue, right? That that we all have, right? Uh, so we have to be smart buyers. We can't just say to somebody, "Well, we, it's going to be 32 weeks." That's not it's not acceptable, right? So I have to figure ways of doing things. Um, but then there's budgets right now that are uh, sliding down the calendar for approval things that things that we thought we'd have started in june we haven't even been approved yet right mm -hmm. when we were told the first of the year hey i got this project it's on the go it's good track on us you know get your bids in by this time we'll award it you'll order your stuff and the boots on the ground june 1st and it's not even going to happen until next year sometime so uh, by the way that's not Keely, that's because I talked to my my peers, right? To everybody. What's happening, right? So so we're having a little bit of that. So you put that together with with the well, also there are some folks that are working on 2020 or 2019 budgets, and you give them the price and they just have a tough time with that. Yeah. They think it's gonna come in at a certain amount over and they're gonna, oh I could accept that much, and it's coming in way higher than they thought. Yeah, like double. And, Right, it doubled, and and so they have to go back to their board, basically, if it's a large right. company for approval, right? So that makes it tough. Um, all those things you put all those things, and that's a pretty big cocktail mm -hmm. to, to come up with what you just talked about, right? We're hearing, yeah, absolutely. We're hearing a lot from from the projects that we're winning bids on that they're no longer making decisions the same way. They said pre-COVID, you know, they would they would a lot of times look at the cheapest quote, do a little background on the company, and if they checked a couple boxes, they're running with them. Mm -hmm. Now the process seems to be a little bit different. Companies are willing to pay a little bit extra for companies who have structure, organization, logistics figured out um, because they're no longer trusting these fly-by-night companies or low-cost providers. Uh, because they may not be ran as well. Is that something that you guys are experiencing on your side too, or have you not really seen that change in your market? So Ryan, that depends on the, not the company, it depends on the project, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what I would tell you is if it's a project that, that the company needs, right? And speed to market is, is the concern, then yeah, you're exactly right. Hey, we will pay for schedule if you can help us through this, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it's something that they need to do, but there's no given timeline, they would just like to do it. It's better for business, but 
you know, I don't need it this moment, then it, it gets stagnated a bit, right? Then it's down gotcha. to, the, to the dollar and procurement and, and sourcing gets involved. But if it's speed to market, you're certainly right on that. Yeah. You guys are big into like concrete, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, foundations. Uh, how are you? Selfish question here. We're, they're literally clearing my lot today. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I'm about to drive by there and check it out. Um, but uh, how's concrete looking? I've heard mixed reviews like, uh, you know, it was going crazy there for a while. And then um, I heard it slowed down. The increases slowed down. But then I just heard again, uh, there might be more increases uh, after the first of the year. So uh, what's it looking like for concrete right now? So that first started with uh, steel, right? Mm -hmm. Wood, wood uh, and steel. Yeah. So when steel goes up, that affects a lot of foundations, flat work, things that you know about, um, because the rebar prices were going high. Uh, that kind of calmed down. Um, concrete, CMX all, all went up. It calmed down, but now we're getting, we're starting to get letters. Put it that way. In this last quarter of the year, we're getting letters from, from the supplier saying, hey, we're going to have an increase at the first year. So our work is done more on a project basis. So mm -hmm. we're going to go bid that anyway. So it's good Correct. that we have a letter, we know about it, and we can throw it into maybe like our pre-time group, right? Mm -hmm. Say, hey, add a little bit, you know, when you're figuring on this. But we're when we go to purchase, we're, we're, we're purchasing off of a, off of a quote, right? Right. Now, we're only going to hold that quote for a short period of time. Right. Right. That's that's the deal. It's like, well, I'm asking you for a quote because I need your need your service at this point. It's concrete. I need it in June. And they say, well, I don't Sorry. know why. Yeah. Like, and they're honest about it, right? So we don't have to work together on it. Consistency in everything, including price, reliability quality not just quality but great quality control these are things that describe somer usa somer's not some startup company not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future somer's a two somer and their family of businesses are 200 million dollar companies they're in over 100 countries and they have locations in 20 countries this is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion... If you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. Um, we do the same thing with uh, asphalt. So I'll switch it over here a little bit to asphalt. And, and we've, we've done 
gun negotiations like this. Let's take a look at the price of a ton of asphalt today. And by the way, you can look this up on the US DOT. It'll tell you what the cost of a, of a ton of asphalt is, right? Or we're going to do 100 tons or 1,000 tons, whatever it is. And then we'll say, we can write the PA or, or give you the, the, the estimate today. The day that you cut the PO, we're going to go together. We're going to go look at the the, the index on the USDOT. Mm -hmm. Higher, you'll pay the difference. If it's lower, we're going to give you credit, right? So you kind of work together. You may even say, look, let's do it 3%. If it's higher than 3%, yes, lower, but anything within 3%, we're just going to keep on. We'll just keep moving, right? We're not going to worry yeah. about that. So there's ways you can work that out in concrete, kind of the same way too. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So everything I'm hearing is lining up the garage door industry. You know, what's interesting is, you know, steel shot up. We got all these increases and nobody's in a hurry to drop prices. You know, you're calling and you're banging on these guys. The price of steels dropped down, uh, but they're still trying to sell to us at the same prices when it was super high. We were getting double digit increases on a monthly basis to the point where we like a lot of these suppliers that we buy from and others buy from, like it ranged from about 60% to over a hundred percent increase in about a 12, 14 month period, uh, which was absolutely insane with the largest increase, I think being like 23% at one time. Um, and you got things like glass, you know, glass got hit with a 40% increase across the board uh, from all the glass manufacturers this year. And um, that's affected our industry because obviously, you know, your garage doors have windows in them. Um, so you got a lot going on, but it sounds like the supply chain issues have slowed, but some of the, and the demand is probably certainly slowed, especially on the residential side due to interest rates. I imagine that'll catch up to commercial here soon if it hasn't already. Um, are you seeing the interest rates and the economy affect the demand for commercial real estate? You know, it, it is what I would tell you about the commercial real estate is this. Especially we were talking earlier off, off camera about COVID, right? And how that changed us. Well, that means office space is not a commodity anymore, right? Mm -hmm. People are narrowing down their footprint. So building new offices and it was on the books and we were ready to go. That kind of left, right? Um, maybe doing some in, interior remodels, that's still there, right? And there's some offices being built, but not very many. Uh, what we're finding, at least in our market, is a lot more multifamily, right? So our, mm -hmm. it seems like our, our office work, while it's still there, it has certainly shrunk, but our multifamily is growing. Uh, so that's, that's grown quite a bit. The other thing is the uh, is retail. So retail is still there, and they're still, you know, uh, brick and mortar. But retail is is logistics centers now, right? Yeah. So there's more of that type of work going on. So when you talk about the shifting of all the commercial stuff, yeah, offices may be lower, but logistics are higher, and multifamily higher. So you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's you, you shift with it. You, it. That's why being a company like Keeley, 
but the size we are to talk about being a mid-major, we can still pivot pretty quick. Yeah. So that's the that's the really good thing about that. That's good. Are you guys doing a lot of restaurants, or is that kind of small? You know, so, well, I mean, we would do them. We've never done them, you know, mm-hmm. not really. We've never been in that that area. So the answer for us is no. Um, I was looking in the ghost kitchens. What's Maybe. a ghost kitchen where you, like, rent space and... Yeah, well, you 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 run a space, and there might be let's say there's four or five restaurants that get together and rent space, right? And they do all their cooking from there, and then they get deliveries right out of that kitchen, right? Mm. Everybody was getting deliveries to their home. You would go ahead and take it right out of that kitchen. So the thing is, the ghost kitchen, you want it to be centralized, right? So you can go to all all corners of your area. So there was a there was several of those. I never did. I never did hit on it, but it was a good idea. That is pretty smart. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, Tamara, you got any questions for Al? No, I mean, we. Uh, I think his perspective from the construction industry is really interesting. How did you, when, so do you have any regrets about leaving? Oh, no, it's it's fun. Uh, when I left Martin Door, I mean, I, I my regret was leaving the people that I liked. Right. right. I mean, I know we all say this, but I'm a people guy, right? I'm built on relationships, right? That's how I do my job. And I had great relationships with them. So leaving the guys at Martin Door was really hard for me. Uh, coming here and starting a new chapter, it was good. And it's been good, right? So yeah, I don't really have any any regrets for that. Good. That's the way to, that's the way to be. Yeah. And you were you were selling you were selling garage doors for Martin Door. Yeah. I was selling to homeowners like I did Julie Keeley. Uh, St. Louis has a bunch of builders here. So I was selling to the builders as well. Um, Remodelers, you know, did the whole gamut. Nice. They need some help. They have, um, I think, something just launched like a spam link for me on here. Checking out their website. Um, I need to call them for marketing. Make a note of that, Tamara. Yeah. Um, 1965. So yeah. let's go. I want to touch on this real quick and then we'll wrap up. But um, door sales is a passion of mine. I really enjoy it. If there was one job I could do in my company other than run it, it would be sell doors. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Go into a stranger's house and, you know, trying to win them over. Um, with you know trust and transparency and empathy and understanding and doing a good job of asking questions and identifying goals uh, and then offering solutions that meet those goals. And sometimes when you leave, you have like a friend, you know, I mean, right. I've built relationships. looks like you obviously were good at that. And that led to your next career. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I look at selling doors, uh, there's some key takeaways and I talk about them a lot. So, but I would like to hear from you. Uh, what, what made you successful in selling doors? What, what is something like if somebody was looking to get into selling doors, right. what would you say to them that would, that would make them successful? You know, you, you do need to have product knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't need to be an engineer and know right. how it works and why it works, but you have to have product knowledge. Um, I would tell you that at the very beginning of my career, 
we talked a lot, right? We talked about features and benefits because you were educating the customer. As I got closer to the end of my door career, they were already partially educated. If they had Google, they could look things up, right? So you weren't starting from scratch. So then it became more listening, right? And finding out what they needed, finding their solutions to their problems. So that's all, that's, that's kind of ABC. The other thing is, you know, for me, I always find things in common, right? What do we have in common? Um, and I, I take that to different parts of my life, but what are those things that we have in common? And now we have a connection with you, right? And now it's, it's a little more personal. It's a little softer. Uh, the barriers are down a little bit. Yeah, um, because you may find out just by a little bit of questioning without probing, probing, a little bit of questioning. You know, I, I, I went to school with your cousin. Oh, you know, yeah, we went to this school at the same time. That was your cousin. What's he doing now? Oh, you know, he worked for Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Oh, okay, yeah, I know a bunch of guys. What department's he? And all of a sudden you have, you're, you're, you're having yeah. commonalities, you're breaking it down, and you find out you're very much alive, yeah. right? Very much alive. Um, I'll tell you this real quick. Kid. I had uh, uh, was having an issue with one of the customers, right? And he was mad at me. And he thought I was selling an insulated door. It was a non insulated door. You know, it, it was just a, a breakdown in communication. It might have been my fault, by the way. I'm not saying it was his fault. And he just wouldn't come to terms with me. He wouldn't, he, he was mad at me, right? Two weeks later, I happened to see him coming out of church, right? <laughs> Neither one of us are, are in this parish, right? But I go to this one church once in a while, and this is many years ago, and he's there too. And he sees me with my child in my arm, talk, and I'm going out with my wife. Now, my child today is 32, so that's how long the story is. Yeah. And he sees me, and he goes, oh. And you could just tell it clicked in, being like, you're really just like me. You're, you're, you go to church and you got kids and all this. And he goes, hey, do you go to church here very often? And I say, yeah, we come once in a while, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, he just says, hey, why don't you call me on Tuesday? We'll work all this stuff out. That's it. It was that. Yeah. that. So it's, it's. Plus, it's, Jesus was working on his heart yeah. during service. Well, he know. probably was. He probably yeah. was. But uh, anyway, so it's that type of stuff. You, you, you get those commonalities, right? And you figure out, yeah, we're, we're pretty much alive. The worst customer for me is when I pull up and they have like this spotless garage with nothing in it. The floors are clean. The walls are bare. And I'm like, how am I going to build rapport with this guy? Because I always train people. I'm like, look around. What do yeah. people keep in their garage? They keep hobbies. They keep passionate stuff. You know, if they got posters on the wall, it's probably got sentimental value or it's something that they're passionate about. Like, you know, I mean, it's just really cool. So you go, you're, you're literally walking into a room that most people keep open a lot, but they store things that are important to them, you know, golf clubs, you know, softball bags, soccer balls, basketballs, yeah. baseballs, um, you know, you know, hiking gear, bicycles, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, regardless of whether you know about it, like I got a guy, he's, he's really experienced. And he asked me a question. He said, Ryan, I really have a hard time like taking that approach he's like i'm kind of all business and uh and i said you know that's fine and he does really well so i can't argue with the guy but he's like how do i build rapport with people and and kind of do that 
And I said, well, find something in the garage and just talk about it. He's like, well, I don't know much about this stuff because I didn't play a lot of sports. And I said, well, that's the best scenario because you can ask them to teach you or, you know, ask questions about it so you can learn. If you're truly engaged and you genuinely want to learn, you're now taking the position of being a student and they're teaching and you can't be in a better position at that point because now there's admiration a lot of times from the teacher or the homeowner that, you know, Hey, he cared enough to ask me about this you know, or genuinely has some, some interesting questions. You know, you obviously have to ask good questions, but at the same time, I felt like that was uh, really good. So thought that was cool. Anyway, just wanted to share it. Um, listen out. You are amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I think the information is going to be valuable to our, our listeners. And um, I appreciate you taking the time out. Is there anything you'd like to say about Keeley? Um, you know, uh, for those out here, we have a great culture and it's a great place to work. It really is. Uh, we do a great job on recruiting people and we do a better job on retaining people. People, once they get here, they don't want to leave. Uh, and that's in whatever area you're in. It could be in business development. It could be as a project manager. It could be working for the accounting department. We have Keeley Cares, which is our giving foundation. You know, wherever you want to be, there's a place for you here. We have a, that's the nice thing about being a little bit of a larger company. You know, we have these opportunities, people. If you want to be a marketing person, we have a marketing department, right? So that's the nice thing here. And then we, we do work all over the country. You know, we were talking earlier, we have a, an office in San Antonio, we have an office in, in Dayton, Ohio, we have an office in Arizona. So we're, we keep growing and expanding. Uh, so yeah, that's what I want people to know about Keeley. We're a good place to work from. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with our uh, listeners and uh, educate us on a little bit on commercial side. And I think your feedback on the new door advice is excellent. So thank you for that. All right, you guys, thank you very much as well. Thanks for reaching out. You guys have a great day. You too, man. Thank you. Bye now.